What does the end of the world look like? Do you imagine a nuclear apocalypse? Nations bombing each other out of existence while a chosen few hide in bunkers? Is it a rapture? The four horsemen of the apocalypse right over the earth. Cities burning, sinners burning, the earth is burning while a chosen few take a glowing escalator to heaven. Is it a holy day of judgment? A long line of humans stretched outside the pearly gates as a replay of our lives plays before a glaring God? Is the end of the world a rising flood? A poor family waking up to the ocean lapping at their door, cholera spreading to the children, salt water but no rain. A chosen few escaping to higher elevations. My view of the end of the world has changed and I want to tell you how and why. I used to believe that the end of the world was a scene from the book of Revelation in the Bible. What we do with this earthly home doesn't matter. Jesus will be coming back soon, so we must think in terms of the immediate, today. I believed that those environmentalists were consumed with the folly of a world that was fleeting. They were distracted by saving the whales when we should be saving souls. Eternity is at stake, I thought. Dirt and trees don't matter. Sin matters. We are all going to die and leave this place behind. I was concerned with eternal things. But two experiences transformed my perspective on time, eternity, and the end of the world. First, I spent time living with a family in the tropics, studying language and culture. I wasn't even studying the environment or the impact of consumerism on the planet, but I just saw it. I saw the destruction of the rainforest. I saw the suffering of displaced people and creatures. I saw the way the economic and environmental policies of my people were causing disaster in the forms of violence, poverty, and biological mayhem. When I returned after this study abroad, yes, I could speak better Spanish, and I knew more about the history of Central and South America, but also, I couldn't use paper plates anymore. That might sound strange, but I didn't see basic tasks the same way. I started to feel that my temporal life on this planet did matter. A few years later, I was a new mom. I attended a church that was doing a sermon series called God is Green. Very controversial at the time. I heard convicting sermons about making significant life changes that would limit consumption and waste. During one particularly intense Sunday, we learned that diapers take more than 500 years to decompose. I whispered to a friend, I will do anything, anything but use cloth diapers. But after several more days of throwing away disposable diapers, my spirit was disturbed. 
I returned to church ready to surrender my pampers. I met with other parents to learn how to undertake this ancient yet radically new task. We formed close friendships over all that urine and feces. It isn't easy work, friends. I know our ancestors did it, our grandparents did it, but it is a part-time job to cloth diaper babies. It required a passionate belief that what I do in this physical temporal world matters even though I won't be here long. I look back on those years of cloth diapering and I'm thankful, I'm thankful it's over, but I was learning that this world does matter. Dirt matters, shit matters, literal shit matters, and it matters to God. So what does the end of the world look like? Is it a judgment day, an apocalypse, a world where drought and famine and overconsumption have destroyed life, a place where only a few survive, whether on earth or in heaven? On one hand, the end of the world looks like death. Death by hopelessness, death by garbage, death by greed, death by consumption of resources, death by sin. If this is our destiny, then as the Apostle Paul writes in the book of Romans, we might as well eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Who cares about recycling when it's all going to burn? But the Bible has always had something to say about death and resurrection, both in the present and eternal, saving souls. Jesus said the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I come that they might have life and have it abundantly. When we bring an eternal perspective to the way we treat our temporal home, we can say that resurrection is a reality even on earth. And in 500 years, when the diapers are finally dirt again, I hope that the inhabitants of this planet can say with the Apostle Paul, where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Thanks for listening to Be Still and Go, Meditations for the Movement. This episode was written and recorded by Amanda Meisenheimer, the Minister of Children and Families at the Riverside Church. If you're in the New York City area and you have young people in your family, you will definitely want to join Amanda for the age-specific and intergenerational spaces she facilitates on Sunday mornings at Riverside. Your whole family will be invited to discover a faith that embraces justice, including our care for the environment. You can visit trcnyc.org families to find out more, or head over to trcnyc.org justice to find out more about Riverside's environmental justice work led by our beloved Earth community.